This is the Wickham Festival podcast, the first of two editions featuring interview highlights from the 2015 festival. This edition features Billy Bragg, Les Barker, the Spooky Men's Chorale and the Proclaimers. But first off is Alison Wheeler of the South. Right, well I'm, I'm here with Alison from the South, uh, formerly the beautiful South. Welcome back. Thank you very much. So, obviously you played here a couple of years ago, went down really well. You remember the set? Yeah, it was, I've got very strong memories of it actually. It was a beautiful day then and I think we've been really lucky with the weather this weekend as well. But um, it was one of those nights where we hung around and watched 10cc afterwards and it just blew, blew me away. I thought they were amazing. So it was a great fun. The audience were amazing back then. Let's hope they can live up to the audience of uh, a couple of years ago. Well, they seem to be doing so far. And what can we expect tonight from you? Um, well, hopefully a very good time. If you've never heard the band before, then hopefully you'll walk away knowing... Uh, unaware of how many songs you already knew really so um, we'll do a song festival set list really so full of all our our hits even though we've had to cut some of them out because obviously we've got such a choice um, and obviously a couple of our, our stuff from our new album as well I was just going to ask you about that it's uh, the first new, well, new album and you funded it yourself is that right? Yes um, it's back to basics really once um, we reformed we weren't with a record company so we had to fund it ourselves and it's been quite a liberating experience because we can now get involved in all the processes, the decision-making, the writing. So it's a, a lot more of a democratic process. Um, it can be a bit lengthy in getting decisions made when there's nine of us in the band. But um, we got there and we're really, really proud of the album and, and people have said it sits really nicely alongside the old back catalogue as well. So does anyone have the final say? Or, or is yeah. it a 5-4 split? You, you do really need a, a trouser wearer, no matter what. So we try and be democratic. Anybody has a chance to bring anything to the table. But at, at the end of the day, it's myself and Dave Hemingway. You have to be really comfortable with the material because we'll be fronting it, as it were. So um, it's predominantly Dave who kind of has a say of how, how the whole project um, evolves. And how difficult is it to choose a set list for a festival? Because it's a slightly different audience. So presumably you have to play the old favourites that people are going to know? Uh, yes, very much so. And, and with the sheer amount of material we've got in the back catalogue, it is a real shame that quite a few songs that the majority of the band might be really keen to play don't make the cut. So, um, yeah, we try and keep it upbeat, keep it very festival-spirited. Um, and hopefully, if you've never seen the band before, like I say, you'll walk away pleasantly surprised at how many songs you already knew. Well, I think that was the case last time. The number of people I heard saying, forgotten about that one or I've forgotten about that yes definitely yeah. so, and you still enjoy it as much as ever oh yeah I can't describe how much I enjoy it um, I'm a very happy mum of two at home with my kids the majority of the time but you can't be getting up on stage and singing when the audience is singing at you the lyrics to any song it's it's quite uh, it's magical and it really is uh, I I feel very, very fortunate and, um, yeah, long may it continue. And do the kids like the music or are they into modern blip-blop music? <laughs> blip-blop. <laughs> um, my daughter's nine and my son's six, so I took them to a couple of festivals last year and they saw me perform. And I, they were fortunate enough to see me in front of 30,000 people, which was a, a moment where the penny dropped for them. Uh, until then, whenever I said I was going out to gig, they'd put on the sad eyes and they'd moan and say they don't want me to go and do I have to go but now they've seen the reaction from the audience and how much people are enjoying themselves and see how much mommy's enjoying themse- herself so it's almost like I, I, 
I'm away now and my husband's on the phone saying, does anybody want to speak to mommy? And they're like, no, I'm all right. They, they know what I'm doing. They know I'm enjoying it. And um, I don't, I no longer have to say, please feel happy for mommy that she's doing something she loves because now they realise just how much fun it is. Well, I'm very glad they could spare you for tonight. It would be amazing to hang around. Unfortunately, we're, we're off to up north tomorrow. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going to hang around, obviously, uh, once our set's done. I'm definitely going to hang around and watch Billy Bragg. I'm quite interested to see him. I've never seen him before. And also, I was meant to be here with my whole family, my kids and my husband, and we were going to have a wander around because I've heard it's, it's quite a family-friendly event. So I was quite looking forward to doing that with them. But as I'm on my own, I'm going to have a, a quick jaunt around and see what's going on. Okay, so I'm sitting here with uh, Les Barker. First question and key question, how does your mind work? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think like any job, you, you, your brain learns how to do whatever it needs to do and over the years it has, but I sort of started off from the flower potman and the goon show a long time ago and so I was always a bit twisted. But then <laughs> So, so what was your role with the Flower Pot Men and the Goon Show? Well, I, I just used to watch the Flower Pot Men after primary school. And, yeah. and it, it was just funny. And, yeah. and the Goons, again, it was just ridiculous humour that was brilliant. And they were building sort of logical structures on top of something really stupid underneath it all. And it's basically what I do. It's the same sort of place that Monty Python came from and lots of other comedians. Got this wonderful uh, delivery. Uh, I, I just wait a long time, <laughs> and eventually the audience does the work. <laughs> Cheeky without being offensive as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to do stuff that's intelligent, but it's usually fairly simple because being simple is surprisingly difficult sometimes. Yeah. Writing a, yeah. a good simple poem or a good simple song is a very hard thing to do. And what did you make of the reaction that you got? There were an awful lot of people who had never seen me before. And there were, there were some who knew it all. I mean, you, you could hear the choruses coming in from the start, but when there's a load of new people, it's, it's always really good. Newcomers are learning all the choruses and everything from, from the old hands, and the old hands are enjoying watching these new people fight. And, and the new people, as you say, with the, with the slight pause, you can they can then work out what's coming. Oh, yeah, I've, I've always been a master of the blatantly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you make of the festival itself? Oh, it's a lovely one. I've, I've been doing Peter's Festival for years and years, starting from Gosport a very long time ago, and every three or four years he, he rings me agent and I come down and do another one. And they're always nice and they're always well organised and the crowds are here. time of Wickham, I'm assuming you like it quite a lot. Yes, yeah, the second time on this site, we did it also when it was at Eastleigh uh, a few years before. Uh, it's a very, very nice festival. It was nice weather a few years ago, it's nice weather tonight, so yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely place to come and play. So, uh, let's hear it for the dog that just came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to say, listening to it, it's a really accessible album, and uh, it's a real feel-good album, especially at the top. Is that a deliberate uh, style choice, or is it just how you feel? No, it's just, it it just how it came. I mean, I, the, the songs were written over a period of about eight, nine, ten months, and uh, I just kind of wrote every day, and most days I didn't get anything, sometimes I did. 
and it, it just the, the, the songs came out as they did there was no deliberate uh, we wanted a, 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 an upbeat album or anything like that I think there was a thing as well that the Dave Erringer the producer didn't really change much on the song there was one song that was kind of taken apart and rebuilt but all the rest of them were pretty much as we've been rehearsing them so and then we did a live with a band which always lends itself I think to a more uh, maybe a happier atmosphere on it I think yeah. how do you know when you get a great song is it just this is going to be a hit this isn't a hit You'd, I, I don't know I think I think we've got plenty of songs that are really good that have never been hits uh, so I, I don't know you, you, if, if you you play it over and you think that that sounds that sounds really good then you know we, we, we demo it Charlie and I and then we'll you know, take it to the producer and the, and the rest of the, the, the guys in the band, and they play in it. So, so it, it, it kind of evolves. Sometimes, you, sometimes when you go into a studio, the songs that you think are really good are supplanted by other ones. So, how do you uh, see your live performances? What's most important in terms of? Do you like to play your new stuff? Uh, do you prefer to play the hits? I think you, we like to play a mix. You know, we, we do. I think we're doing an hour and fifteen tonight, but most times, most nights, we're doing an hour, hour and a half. Uh, so we, we do the, haven't had that many hits so we do them and we do so, always do stuff from the new record and we do stuff from the other nine albums that we've had down the years you know there's a recognition that if you're doing something like a festival that a lot of people aren't really specifically or indeed at all here to see you so you've got to do well, we'd always do stuff that people want us to do anyway but particularly at a festival setting I think it's vital coming up in the autumn as well yeah, yeah. which uh, hits Southampton I believe so. it does yeah, yeah, yeah. nice shot yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to ask you about your team how are you feeling about yeah. it oh. absolutely terrible got beat the day at Dumbarton I think they could never fall any further but they've done it they, it's going to be a struggle to get out of the lower league this season I think Rangers will probably finish top but it's always a struggle watching Hibs and that's part of the joy of it he well, said I wanted to ask it because I've never met anyone that's got a football and football now. Yes. So, uh, what's it like having Sunshine Elite sung every every game for you? It's it's a good thing, you know. I mean, it, it, it kinda, the song was around a long time before it actually get picked up by the hip support. <laughs> but that's maybe 15, 20 years, more than 15 years now, and it's been a kind of regular thing. So, it's it's a good thing to have, and uh, we're, we're pleased it's played at the games. Must make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. It's certainly. You notice it, yeah. <laughs> if you try to have a conversation or eat the pie at half time, yeah. and somebody puts that bloody song yeah. again, you certainly notice it. So, are you planning already? Are you thinking about a new album, or is it just a break? I think we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll do. There's no going to be. I think we'll, we'll tour this record until late next summer, and then because we'll go abroad next year, we'll go Australia, Canada, US, maybe New Zealand, maybe South Africa, maybe Europe but I think we'll work until late summer of next year and then we'll take a break and then start writing again. Does the novelty ever wear off that you're, you're doing something you, you actually it's, it's, Sometimes you do have to pinch yourself. You're on a stage and there's thousands of people singing back at you, then sometimes you have to that, pinch that yourself. That never wears off. Yeah. Novelty or otherwise, yeah. that, that never wears off. The, the thrill of that never goes. Yeah. OK, 
Okay, I'm here with Steve from the Spooky Men, uh, all the way from Australia. So, let's talk cricket. I'm a New Zealander. Are you? So I favour so uh, I favour New Zealand and anyone playing Australia. So I couldn't be happier. The same couldn't be true of the troops, though. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Mm. So. They didn't. They didn't. So, good banter with the crowd about it as well. Well, you know, you've got to take it on the chin, and I'm an unusual position because I'm I'm actually loving it. I'm loving it, and, and actually, you know, I don't really like the way the Australians are on the cricket. I, I it's not. It's more the way people act on the field and the Australians are, you, know, you might call them a little unspooky in the way they go about things. And as always here, you got a really good reaction from the crowd. Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great, uh, great response from the crowd. It was sort of like a rock atmosphere. So, so yeah, we, we appreciate the chance to play here and um, we get to play to a lot of people who've never seen us before, which is, which is fantastic. So it was one of our favourite uh, festivals to come to. In, in fact, I was wishing that we'd uh, had a cameraman up on stage to film the audience when, uh, when you got them dancing. Yeah, well, you know, we, we've, we've got to do that, and um, I think that sort of, um, I think people end up being very happy at the end of that because they're proud of themselves for doing something. <laughs> How does it look from up on stage? With it's hilarious, it? it's ridiculous, yeah. You just get everyone doing something in the audience, and it's, and it's good. Have you had much chance to have a look around the festival site yourself? And are you going to be... Uh, Going out and, uh, Not much, actually. I just went and had a sleep in the Coyote tent, and um, and now we're going to be doing a little workshop there. So, yeah, um, it seems like it's got all the things that a festival should have. <laughs> and what about your own plans now? You've got a, you're on a tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're off from here uh, to Broadstairs via Hastings. So we're doing a gig in Hastings tomorrow night and then to Broadstairs. So um, it will be... Uh, Nearly the end of our first half of our tour, so on Tuesday nights. Tuesday night, I think, is our last gig of this half of the tour. So, and then we'll all just lie down in a great heap for a week. <laughs> and then where do you go after that? Second other half of the tour takes us north. So we go to Scotland and, um, and uh, Durham and Liverpool and Yorkshire and places like that. Oh, all the places where the weather isn't anything like we've got today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been very blessed with the weather it's been uh, fun because it really helps with the atmosphere it does help with the atmosphere but you also notice that the english race in general kind of panics when it gets this hot it's like it's just like they behave uh, they, they sort of behave abnormally because it's not uh, they're not used to it so yeah, well we're never happy because either it's raining and then we're not happy or it's like this and we're still not happy <laughs> yeah exactly and um, how did you feel your set went it was uh, Good, a good long set, longer than uh, an Australian innings, I would say. At six, <laughs> six, well, I don't think that's quite true. I think they lasted about eighteen overs, which I think we'd probably find is about ninety minutes. So, and we were already on there for sixty. So, uh, uh, yeah, um, it's a good length of a set. It's, it's. Um, we normally do sort of one hour plus another forty minutes. So, so it's quite reasonably easy day for us. And after a, a lot of touring, it's sort of like the the guys have sort of battle-hardened voices. So. They're, they're sort of in good condition, so they're, they're making a good sound today. Right, well, first of all, Billy Bragg, welcome to Wickham. Great to be here. Uh, we could talk about music, we could talk about politics, but let's start with something dear to both our hearts, cake. Cake, yeah. <laughs> we had a real good cake experience today. In, uh, Bishop's Waltham. Yeah, we went to Bishop's Waltham. Yeah, we unfortunately uh, the sat nav had brought us here without going near a, a, 
at motorway service station. So we were gasping when we got here. And uh, we were running a little bit, probably about an hour early, and it was either go to the hotel, which we know is on a golf course, so we didn't think the, the chances of decent coffee was there, or we saw this sort of town centre sign, so we snuck into, you know what that little turning circle is? Yeah. And that's yeah. Straight Street, there must be about, there is a cluster there, but there must be about half a dozen decent coffee shops down there, and we happened to find one with some very nice cake. So a cheese ploughman, and uh, I had a, uh, I didn't have any cake actually, I had, uh, uh, bread pudding with some uh, clotted cream, but my pedal steel player had two slices of very large Madeira cake. And, I mean, tomorrow I'm playing at a festival called Lake Fest, and I thought it said Cake Fest. That's why I said I'd do it. I mean, I'm really all right. I've got a lake. Yeah, what, whatever. You know, but there you go. But I'll do my best, people. Don't worry, I'm coming. So, what have you made of the festival so far? I know you've had a. a I have a little stroll around. Yeah, I saw. I managed to catch a little bit of Roy set. Um, Roy Bailey, just to get out to get me coffee now. I'm just had a sort of, just a, a feel. I mean, I like the size of it. I like the sight lines. I had a right walk round when uh, Martin was on. Walk right around the back just to make sure everybody, you know, everyone's got a good. If people are sitting out the back, they're still part of it. They're not out of it. You know, just have a look at where people are. Yeah. So, do you get a feel for the atmosphere here? And it's, it's fairly laid back and chilled. Yeah, well, you'd be very laid back and chilled if it'd been a day like today. You should have been last week at Kendall calling where it rained all weekend. It's not quite so chilled, but it was a good festival to say. But yeah, no, it's really, for me, it's for sight lines looking at it. Like, you, you know, when you're on stage, you need to know that they've got screens up. Yeah. And it really helps yeah. to know that, because sometimes if, you don't, if you're so focused, you don't notice it. You don't, you don't really think, oh, people are going to get this all the way to the back. But with the screens, you know that, that sometimes you can see them on stage, so you know. But just going out and having a look first and just sussing out Sightline sound, you know, a, a, you know, the size of the, the general size of the people that you think you might be able to include in this. And does that in any way influence your set list? No, but it, 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 it influences my pitch, how pitch it. Yeah. If I'm going to pitch it a long way, you know. For instance, at, um, uh, Kendall called in last weekend. I was on the main stage at three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was kind of like a, a bowl that went up to a ridge where there were people walking along. And my, what well, I spent it. Target trying to do was get those people on the ridge to stop and listen to what I was saying. That's my aim to do that. And if I was reaching them, I knew everybody else would be. Obviously, I played into the pit as well. But generally, I was trying to watch as that ridge filled up with people. I was that made me feel like okay, I'm doing the right thing here. You know, I do. Try, I mean, I will look on. You know, it started to rain while I was playing, so I have a Bob Marley song that it's a cover. I've written my lyrics to it, but it involves movements and giving around. So I thought, you know, these people are getting wet now. I've got to do something to, you know, draw them in. And do you decide beforehand what you're going to say, or...? Well, you know, I've got a pitch, you know, I've got some things I want to say. There's two... There's a bit of break gig has two... In terms of non-songs, there's two uh, aspects. That's the sort of, like, the pattern that sort of draws people in. One, you know, basically being self-effacing. And then the sucker punch the politics when they're relaxed. And I have right. to sort of... And I have to pitch that in certain ways, you know. Some nights... Um, you know, some festivals you play, there's a lot of leakage from other stage, and it's it's harder to just talk like I'm talking now. Like a snake two nights ago, it was so quiet I could talk like this, and everyone could hear me. But you know, if I was on a, you know, if I was playing now in this room with all that coming in, you know, I'd have to I'd have to change it. So, I mean, a festival is like busking. Right. You've got to turn out and suss out where you are and do the do the gig that fits the conditions. Right? That's the conditions you find on stage. You've got no sound check. Right, so you've got to deal with it. Like if you're up there and, and it sounds weird to you, but everyone's into it, obviously it sounds right to them, you better do the gig and stop whinging about the sound. The, 
the uh, you know physical conditions. If everyone's getting soaking wet, you don't want to play too many slow songs. You know, give them a bit of punch, and um, and then the nature of the festival itself, what it's about, where you are. It's a folk festival. It's a rock festival. It's a political festival. They're all you know. They're all sort of like. But the basic fundamental is I'm trying. I'm trying to engage people in a in a you know in a process. It's a very very folky thing what I do. I think. You know, when people say to me after as well, you know, I've never heard anybody speak so much in a gig before. I'm like, have you ever been to a folk club? I mean, you, know, yeah. you, know, you know, Woody Guthrie did exactly this. So a festival is like busking, but you get paid less. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid less, but you get better accommodation. You get to stay at a golf club. And spa. We hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Wickham Festival podcast. Do subscribe on iTunes and download the second edition, which will feature interviews with Ban Jovi, Tankus the Henge, Steve Harley, 10CC and Tom Robinson. The dates for the 2016 festival are the 4th to the 7th of August and tickets are available from wickhamfestival.co.uk. The lineup currently includes The Stranglers, Tony Hadley, Linda's Farn, The Trevor Horn Band and Oyster Band, also appearing will be SAS Band, who will have special guests Roger Taylor from Queen, Fish from Marillion, and Toya. Do check us out on Facebook, and we are also on Twitter, at Festival Wickham.